How you feeling? I am feeling good today. A little tired though. This is, I guess, a late night for me. 9 p.m. Woof. And I am staying up for this. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go. Yeah. Let's do this. Hello, I'm Chuck. And I'm Ellen. And this is Imperfect Family, where we try to pursue biblical, theological, and creative ways to uphold the supremacy of God in marriage and parenting. This podcast is mostly unscripted, and it's just the two of us trying to work through and talk through issues that Christian families might face. Today's episode is Anxiety and Parenting from Psalm 127. Okay, before we get started, there's just something we need to clear up. Ellen, will you please do me a favor and tell everyone that I indeed think you are funny? <laughs> I mean, do you though? We all heard the last episode. So, uh, we got a few comments from listeners about uh, how come Chuck never laughs at Ellen's jokes. Well, more importantly, they wanted to know, or they wanted to comment on how hilarious I am because <laughs> they all noticed. So, uh, I think the last episode was 24 minutes. We actually recorded like 35 minutes worth of stuff, but you know, you mess things up as you're talking and... Well, you might. Well, I'm just kidding. It was well, mostly me. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> there <Well>. it is. <laughs> so here's the deal. Uh, I edit that down. Obviously, I take out all the just breaks where things just don't sound right or whatever. And um, I cut out all the parts where I laughed at Ellen's jokes. So... I'm sorry. <laughs> just don't like overdo it today. He's going to like laugh extra at my jokes just to make everyone know. Right. <laughs> now you think I'm funny. Now nobody's going to trust my laugh at all. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So what are we doing for our second episode? All right. So today we are talking from Psalm 127 about anxiety and parenting. Cool. So how this came up is um, I, I, I'm pretty sure everyone knows that I have another podcast. This little quick commercial for yes. your other podcast. Yeah. Go ahead. Called The Commuter Devotional. So it's a Monday through Friday devotional style podcast. And right before the new year hit, we took three weeks and we went through the Psalms of Ascent. And the Psalms of Ascent are 15 Psalms right in the middle of the book that are grouped together. And they're all, if you look in your Bible, they're all titled the Psalms of Ascent. And in one of them, Psalm 127, it just has kind of a weird structure. It starts off talking about anxiety and then just boom, transitions to parenting. And we talked about it a little bit on that episode and I put it in my back pocket because I, I knew we were going to start this podcast at some point. And I said, this is something I want to come back to and I want to talk about at a, a little bit longer with you. So let's, why don't we, can you read it for us? and? Then we'll dive right into it. <laughs> womp womp. All right, here we go. So Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of the warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Awesome. Thanks. So you guys, if you're listening carefully, can kind of see between verses 2 and 3, there's just like a sudden jump 
So the first two verses are clearly talking about um, the Lord has to be watching over. The Lord is doing the work. Um, if you labor without the Lord, you labor in vain. Something we're all really familiar with. And then verse 2 uh, says, you know, if you wake up early and you go to bed late, you're doing this all with anxious toil, for the Lord gives sleep to his beloved, which is just like... Such a comfort, right? Yeah, yeah, it just feels so good. But And then verse 3 just goes right away. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. And so um, kind of when we were talking about it back on the commuter devotional, one of the things I said as we were kind of thinking through it is this has to be intentional. There's no way the psalmist had just started writing and he was like, anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. Uh, oh, uh, throw something in there about kids. By the way, yeah. kids. Exactly. So um, I figured let's, let's look at it. Like, let's try to break it together and, and then talk about. What's the connection? Exactly. Cool. Jinx. Okay. (laughs) 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 Okay, so, Ellen, if you were trying to teach this psalm to someone. Put me on the spot. Because we are. I mean, kind of. We're talking through it. How would, where would you go to to bridge the gap between verses 2 and verse 3? So let me just read them again so so everyone can, because people are probably commuting, hopefully. As they do, they probably don't have their Ideally, Bible. Ideally, you're right. in your car right now. Right. <laughs> this podcast is part of Commuter Ministries. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so verse two says, "It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep." Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord; the fruit of the womb, a reward. So, how would you bridge that gap? Right. So, I think we see in verse two just a clear picture of labor, of work, of um, of things that are going to drain us of our energy. And so in that, we're, we need to see, you know, where is our energy coming from? Where is our, our source of that refreshment? And at the end of verse 2, we see, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Those who are working, those who are toiling, are going to need sleep that comes from the Lord. I think we all know that in parenting, there are seasons of not rest and not sleep. Um, so where is, where is that sustenance coming from? It, it has to come from the Lord as well, because it can't come from me. I don't have it in me to do this without the Lord's hand in it. And I think the temptation is exactly the opposite, right? So, you know, the stuff that the psalmist is talking about in verse 1 and verse 2 um, is super common, right? So, uh, we, as parents, as hard workers, as whatever, whatever role we might play, are often going to wake up early to get things done, go to bed late because there's stuff to do. But what this, what this, psalmist is saying is that's not the the right approach at all easier said than done mr psalmist (laughs) mr psalmist yeah and i think too we live in i don't know if it's culture or time or what it is but people are telling us that where we're going to find refreshment is this like idea of self-care 
And it's easy to fall into that of like, oh, I'm really tired from having a newborn. I'm going to spend a day at the spa. Like that's not actually refreshing in the same way that the Lord can refresh you. And I think that that's what this verse is more pointing to of like your ultimate refreshment and rest is going to come from him, not from anything that you can do for yourself. So one of the things that I think is really cool about this this passage and I hope this is an encouragement to parents, because uh, it's definitely an encouragement to me, is it's not like we say that phrase all the time, like, oh, the Lord gives us a rest. Um, and I don't think we're very good at thinking through that. And this psalm helps us too, because it, it says, um, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And then in the next verse, it says, he gives to his beloved sleep. And, and the reason that we are given rest by God is because while we are sleeping, the Lord is still working. Like verse 2 says, the Lord is watching over the city. And, and we know from actually other Psalms of Ascent that the Lord neither slumbers or sleeps. He's constantly at work on our behalf. And so the idea is, okay, to my children, I give you sleep because I'm going to keep doing the work for you. Yeah, amazing. I think that it's easy to see the connection when you're talking about what the work actually is and why we need that rest. When you look at verse one and it says, um, it's talking about the house being built, like that is easy to see there's work being done. But then you skip down to verse three and it, it sounds almost like soft, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Where like when you really think about that, like they're literally talking about labor, laboring a child is the beginning of that child's life. And on the mother, it begins with work. You know, she needs that rest even from the very first moment of her child's life. And there's that connection to the house being built at the beginning of this psalm. I agree. Uh, okay, so let's switch gears just a little bit. If you, Ellen, were... Uh, if you wanted to encourage a young mother with this passage how would you do that i mean we keep pointing to this part where in verse two where it says he gives his beloved sleep we're putting in the work day and night as parents i mean sometimes literally every hour of the day we're up with the kids in the middle of the night the second they wake up they need breakfast you know it's just it's a non-stop job and that can be exhausting. It could be exhausting, you know, in the newborn phase or even as your kids are older. It's, it's a lot to handle. But again, it's not coming from our own strength. It really is that the Lord is going to sustain us in that. And as we're learning to turn to him for our strength, we get to teach our children to do the same, which I think is such a blessing if you think about it. A hundred percent agree. I think if I was gonna i mean i don't even have to talk about honestly as encouraging a young dad like this this passage is an encouragement to me in that uh i don't i i don't think it's a mistake that he switches from anxiety to talking about bearing children like we feel overwhelmed in life outside of being parents i mean in in our context you and I wear so many hats between the two of us outside of being parents that verse one and two are a tremendous gift to us. But then verse three, four, and five present the same level of 
blessing and uh, gift that rest is, the psalmist does that by showing that children are the same thing. And we live in kind of a culture that would disagree with that. Uh, We see often that children are more of a burden. I hear all the time that Americans are getting married later and later and they're having children later and later. Yeah, you're honestly, you're foreshadowing to the quote that I brought today. So don't jump ahead too much. Mm, Awesome. But I mean, but really, you know, we, we think about the crazy world we live in that it's no surprise that people are having children later and later. Like anxiety builds up, builds up, builds up. But then like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Yeah, I was listening to um, a pastor who we really like talk about these verses, and he was talking specifically about verse 5, which is the one that you're talking about. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And this is the part that I was a little bit even more confused, like, why are we suddenly talking about enemies? Like, that seems like even a third topic that we're talking about. And the way that he laid it out was, when your children are grown, and you raise them in the Lord, you're all on the same team. So you come against your enemies and it's not just you coming to them, but like your sons are behind you in this conversation with the enemies and they have their arrows pointing toward him as well. Mm. Yeah, I like that imagery. I mean, just having the the family unit, you know, the mom, the dad, and sons and daughters just together as a unit, it just presents an amazing picture. Okay, so uh what what's our quote for today all right so i was looking for a quote this week um and i came across one that really struck me and not so much as like a oh my goodness can you believe what's out there on the internet which is kind of what last week's was but i i was just really encouraged by this one but also just really convicted by it so i wanted to run it by you see what you what you think about it it says parents If your eyes ever see or your ears ever hear the sin and weakness of your children, it's never an accident. It's never a hassle. It's never an interruption. It's always grace. What do you think of that? Okay, I said last week that I don't really like it when any like Instagram post or tweet uses these like always, never. What English major? What do we, what are those, what are those called? And they're adverbs of frequency. (laughs) (laughs) Adverbs of frequency. I was thinking like a generalization. Is that it? A blanket statement? Yeah, I mean, they are blanket statements, I guess. You're too smart for me. All right. Uh, I don't like it when these these, uh, phrases use adverbs of frequency like this. Uh, (laughs) But I do think that the Lord gives parents insight and sight to see uh, to see the sin in their children's lives for the purpose of correction. Um, I think I think one of the hardest parts of being a parent is trying to understand what is sin that needs corrected and what's an opportunity for instruction. Yeah, that's a good distinction for sure. I think that the part of this that jumped out at me 
was the distinction between seeing sin in your child is not an interruption, but it is a grace. Because I think that, you know, I'm in the middle of cooking dinner and I hear the kids fighting in the living room. Like, I tend to see that as like, man, I have to stop what I'm doing to go in there and talk to them about this, figure out what is going on. Like, in reality, it really is a grace that we get to have these conversations with our children and get to heart issues with them rather than just like, oh, my day's interrupted by having to talk to you about sin again. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this could turn into maybe the next episode, like, cause we could talk way more about this. We have a friend who is thinking through this issue right now. Like what is the role of a parent in instruction and what is the role of a parent in correction? Um, in, in both, in both, they're the responsibility of parents to not misstep or neglect. But then alongside with that is, you know, sometimes boys fighting is just them fighting because they're boys. It's like, ooh, do I really need to instruct or correct? That's a, that's a tough thing to think through. Yeah. I think specifically with the boys, I struggle with that more than you do, but... You're right. There is certainly a time for it and a time to just like let it be because it's kids being kids. But there certainly are a lot of times that we do need to step in and have these conversations and just point them back to Christ the same way that we need to be pointed that way. All right. So I gave you my quote for today and you promised me that you bring your question. Yes. Okay. Hit so with if you didn't listen to the first episode, one of the things that we like is uh, we, we both like John Piper generally. And Piper has this sort of infamous list of, I think it's 70 questions to ask before you get married. And obviously not all of them are, we are already married, so not all of them are appropriate to our situation, but a lot of them are. So our question is, is it good to do things with friends, but without your spouse? Ooh, that's a good question. I like this one. Um, I would say that yes, it is. Um, for a lot of reasons. I think that if you're doing it in place of spending time with your spouse, like I'm going out with my friends six nights a week and seeing you one, like that's certainly a problem. But I think that, um, for, you know, for me, it's having women friends who are going to speak truth to me just in a different way than you would. I think that's important to be in community with folks like that. And if I were constantly with you, there are conversations that maybe wouldn't be had between friends or something like that. So for us, it kind of looks like um, a lot of the people who we are in small group with, so we're friends with them together, are the people who I'm going to spend time with individually, you know, the women with me and the men with you. That's true. So. I, I, okay, I don't think anyone listening is going to go, of course it's a bad thing. You should never spend time with your friends without your spouse. I don't think anyone would say that. I think at some point we're, we're both going to agree that it is good to spend time with your friends alone, away from your spouse. I don't think, so, so I guess let's narrow the question. What, what? What adverb of frequency would you use? See, aren't you so thankful I taught you that five minutes ago? <laughs> what to dis to describe uh, when when that relationship or when that would be inappropriate? 
So I think part of balancing our schedule, like like you mentioned earlier, we just we have a lot of hats that we wear. I think you said. Um, so I think it's us being creative in spending good quality time together while still being connected to other people. So that might not mean that three nights a week I'm going out with my friends for three hours, but it might mean like, hey, I'm going to go in our bedroom for 20 minutes and talk to my friend on the phone and you're going to accommodate that by watching the kids for me for 20 minutes. What do you think for yourself? Mm, I don't, I don't know. I think for me, it's probably way simpler. Like I don't, I don't really enjoy time away from you. Like sometimes, <laughs> not, not even in that sense. Like I don't know if it's because I've gotten more and more introverted or for a huge season of our life, we were just away from friends. But I don't need that time of getting with the guys and refreshing. I mean, it's good every once in a while, like literally maybe like once every two or three months. But for the most part, I can't think of something that I would want to do that I wouldn't want you to come along and do with me. And I'm not just saying that to be cute. I just think that's part of desiring my wife. Like. I think part of the design of this question for Piper is to see, like, is to gauge how much they, the folks desire each other over everything else. You know, like, if I'm saying, if I'm going into marriage and I'm saying, you know, Ellen, I just want you to know that I'm going to need two or three nights a month where it's just me and the guys. Like, that might raise flags for you. I think it would if, if you had said it to me. But I think that's probably more the design of the question. So anyways, I think for me, I don't know. Is it good to spend time with friends outside, without my spouse? Yes. How often do I need to do that? Personally, probably twice every season of the year. Yeah, I think what's more refreshing to us in this season that we're in is spending time with our family and another family and just kind of like living life together instead of like, hey, the two wives are going to go out and the next weekend the two husbands can go out, but just like all of us getting together anyway and like the kids are playing together, the spouses are all talking and we're all just kind of doing it together at the same time. Awesome. I agree. All right. Anything you want to say before we sign off for today? That is all I have for us today. (laughs) (laughs) all right uh my friends thanks for listening um we are really blown away by the amount of just good encouragement we got from episode one um tell your friends about this podcast um rate and review us on apple itunes store if you guys don't know that is just how podcasts get found if you have a hundred thousand listens but no reviews it's not going to end up on any charts and people are going to have a really hard time finding it so if you have a second that it would literally re- takes one second yeah just take one second to do it yeah um that'd be really helpful so we'll see you guys in two weeks yeah see you guys this podcast is from commuter ministries For more information on Commuter Ministries, visit commuterministries.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Commuter Ministries.